0: From the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Horrible for anybody, really. And, you know, Jordy went through injuries as a freshman and this. uh, But I just, you know, you wish her well. She was sitting at the airport with our team, talking with our team. So um, there's still... The memories, the last memory they had was singing on stage with Toby Keith. And that's something that they will cherish, especially now, forever. And so there's this bond that they still have because you're in the battlefields together. And everyone here wishes her well, wishes Speedy Recovery. I'm sure she'll come back knowing her better than she ever has. It's
1: Patty Gasso. Talking yesterday about the Jordy Ball injury that's going to sideline her for the rest of the year. Wasn't that just terrible news yesterday, man? I, I know that she's off to Nebraska and she transferred away and all that. Like what? I, the fact that she got hurt in the first game of the year, Tori ACL. Dude, that made that made me sick yesterday. That's that's awful.
2: Yeah, uh, watching the video was painful. There's no doubt about it. It's, you know, she obviously. Talked about her transfer, about how you know it was largely mental health, about how she was going home. It really seemed like, you know, this is we're going to get the best version of Jordy Ball. Really, what seemed like on and off the diamond, and you were excited to get that started. I know a lot of Oklahoma fans were watching, and then to see her go go down, either live or replay or anything, like it just breaks your heart because this isn't Tyler. This isn't an athlete that left because they got tampered with with a big NIL deal or something like that. Like, this uh, this wasn't a situation like that. I think a lot of, or most Oklahoma fans, if not all, still root for Jordy uh, because what, what she helped Oklahoma accomplish, what she accomplished while she was here, and the nature in which you leave. And I think that sometimes Oklahoma fans get picked on for the Lincoln-Riley stuff when we say, it's not that he left, it's the way he left. And everybody go, oh, sure, sure, it's the way he left. Same thing with, with, you know, some other players. But Jordy's an example of how to really leave the right way if you're going to transfer. And to see her go down, it's 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 heartbreaking. It truly is.
1: I know you're up there in Tulsa, could you hear the entire state of Nebraska when she released that yesterday all scream in unison, Why can't we have anything nice? Why? Why can't we have anything nice?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because I mean, they obviously their volleyball team is uh, is doing big things. Women's volleyball. Uh, the women's basketball team had massive win the other night. Like it, it really felt like they were getting some good momentum with their with their women's sports. And then Jordy goes down, and Jordy, she's talented enough, Tyler. Like she she can get a team to Oklahoma City. I feel like by herself because in softball, if you have an ace. I mean, at you least can go a super a regional,
1: way. which would be one of the better years that Nebraska's ever had, right? I mean, just yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Stakes. with that, I mean, the silver lining for Nebraska fans are they get another year to build around her. She gets to come back after you know rehabbing things, but the problem is she's dealt with injuries in the past, ma'am, and you Patty know, did that- say
1: that she'll come back better than ever, and she has every single time.
2: Yeah, well, it's scary if she comes back better than. We saw her when she was the uh, women's college world series uh, MVP or most outstanding player. Like if she comes back better than that version of Jordy Ball, shut down the sport.
1: Yeah, well, um, we're uh, we're all wishing uh, the best for her recovering from this injury and uh, being back next year. Uh, CDC, we uh, mentioned last hour that he says, "Hey guys, don't worry, I got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my do everything in my power to get that OU Texas game changed to uh, 2:30." We're uh, Making fun of that. He also dropped uh, this schedule tidbit last night. He says, quote, we have eight SEC games scheduled right now. We're working on going to a nine-game schedule, but we have a ways to go with that. I would say this year we have an eight-game schedule. The following year we have another eight-game schedule. And then we'll look at going into a nine-game conference schedule, in quote. So he's saying eight years this year. Or, excuse me, eight games this year, eight games the following year, and then maybe nine SEC games in OU's third year in the conference.
2: Well, he keeps on saying, we'll look, I looked at, I mean, he's got some interesting language surrounding it. I mean, it could could be eight games for the next 20 years. He could still say every year, we're going to look at it, we're going to look at it. At the end of the day, Tyler, the SEC is not going to give ESPN free inventory. Nope. So, you're going to have to increase. What is that? Twelve and a half percent would be a, another game into an eight-game schedule. They're gonna they're gonna look for bigger money from ESPN. And if ESPN's gonna sit there and say, "No, we're already paying you so much," then the SEC will say, "All right, cool. Well, then you don't get another." Big time SEC matchup that would unlock a lot of scheduling capabilities when it comes to renewed rivalries and this that and the other. So, I mean, I th- it feels like a game of chicken, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, a little. I wonder how the coaches in the conference feel about that. Um, I think Saban was leading the way for a while of why not play nine games like everyone else, but I- I'm sure a lot of those coaches are. Yeah, I'm good with the four games, uh, non conference and eight league games. I don't think that they will necessarily going to have the final say, but I'm sure some of those coaches would like to stay at eight SEC games versus nine.
2: Yeah, well, especially it'll be interesting with how OU and Texas do this, this first year in 2024. If a lot of those schools that maybe felt they had a good opportunity to take the next step in the SEC, if they get beat by either OU or Texas, I'm not sure how many teams are playing both. Are there any teams playing both? No,
1: no, every team plays one or the other this year. Okay.
2: So if you lose to the new team and you get knocked down a peg, I think that might, even if it's by 10%, change the attitude of administration or coaches saying "Eh, it's a little bit tougher than, you know, even we thought. It's getting tougher and tougher. Eight games is fine.
1: Yeah, I uh, we we always say though that everything's about money in in this sport, especially. Well, you got to think that there's more money for everyone involved, be it TV networks, the schools themselves, the local economies, with another SEC game versus just an easy non-conference game. So that's why I would tend to believe Chris Del Conte that yeah, in the next four years, we're seeing OU play nine. SEC games versus just eight SEC games. And, and and I'm fine with that, man. Like Nine SEC games means you're going to keep your neutral site game with Texas every single year. That ensures, Travis, that you're going to have, at least I think, four SEC home games every single year. Because this year, OU only has three SEC home games. Um, but if you get it to nine, OU will have four true road games, four home games, and... And then the neutral site game with with Texas. So it just locks you into not every other year, but every single year for SEC home games, which I which I like a lot.
2: Yeah, it makes the most sense, obviously, for OU and Texas fans, because you again you, you gain that home game just like you said. But I mean it, it almost I don't know, it, it almost promotes the idea of others taking on a neutral site game, right? Because you've got some other neutral site opportunities, obviously Georgia, Florida but you've got some other opportunities, A&M and Arkansas. Yep. Like, like you can then, maybe some other teams want to start a, a neutral site rivalry. That would be great. It would be great if ev- they were able to work out the schedules, and I'm not even sh- I'm sure, sh- you know, it's got to be possible, but work out the schedules somehow where every team has a neutral site game annually. And four away games, four home games. That would be an awesome schedule.
1: Make LSU play in Shreveport every other year, every year at the old Independence Bowl. I'm down with that. Perfect. I just don't now, want to be the ones playing them there in Shreveport. No thanks. How about
2: you. you make LSU play in London the week <laughs> yeah. before they play OU? <laughs> yeah.
1: You guys have to travel to Brazil with the uh, NFL game. You play before the NFL game, and then you fly back and play in Norman the next week. Yeah, oh
2: man, Alab- Alabama, LSU in Germany. Wow, that's interesting.
1: Hmm. Okay, now we're on to something a little bit. I, I, I like uh, I like this idea. Uh, Christel Conte also said he was asked if Texas will play Texas A and M every single year, and he said, "Quote that is the goal." Now I bring that up. Not because we care about Texas and Texas A&M playing every single year, but CDC is acting like they're going to play every single year regardless of what the conference schedule looks like. Well, that's not what the current structure is. The current structure is you play one opponent every single year, and you have seven rotating. So is this being Texas? just one, Is Texas being Texas once again and just going to try to say, yeah, I know that's the rules for everyone else, but we'd like to play A&M and OU every single year. So just go ahead and make that happen for us, please.
2: Yeah, it it, it goes back to kind of some of his other answers just by saying that's the goal. Like, well, is that what you're going to do? I know that's the goal. Everybody knows that's the goal. Are you going to do it? What's the plan for you to actually do it? Like, that's it's uh, everything he's saying, oh, we're going to look at this. The goal is this. CDC, you're saying a whole lot of nothing, brother. Outside of bringing in Fletcher's corny dogs and grass in 2026, he's not saying much of anything because all of this can be backpedaled into saying, well, I said we were going to look at it. You know, there's still some details uh, that have to get worked out. But, yeah, I mean, if, if that does happen, Tyler, and somehow they're able to be the only team oh my gosh. that plays two constant rivals, oh, my gosh, all like – Those A&M fans are just going to be right. They're going to say, we told you. We told you. Immediately get their way in
1: year one of the SEC. Yeah.
2: We told you that Texas was going to come here and try and, you know, change the rules, and here they are just going ahead and doing it.
1: I think the SEC has uh, good enough leadership, though. They'll say, yeah, yeah, you're not running this league. Nice try. Sit down, pal.
2: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: Exactly. OU Mitchell says another conference game means you don't have to pay a school $1 million to play you.
2: I mean, yeah, it would be interesting because I still think, Tyler, you probably keep – it depends on who you keep, right? Like in our current non-conference, like do you get rid of Maine or do you get rid of Tulane? Or like, you know what I mean? Like do you do you still keep – and I, I honestly think a lot of teams will keep a – like a FCS school on the calendar to get that extra bye week in there. What do you think?
1: Um, I, I'm going to
2: guess a a game like
1: Maine, the SoCon Saturday, I think is what they call it in the SEC, that that week is going to be replaced. There's so much about tradition though in that league, Travis, maybe they'll at least keep (laughs) three non-conference games, but by God, we're, we're playing our uh, SoCon schools uh, late November, right before rivalry week.
2: Hey, it's Alabama. They got fat off multiple... By weeks whether they were real bi-weeks or fake bye weeks so
1: Let's just bring Maine in every single year, huh? Develop hey. a rivalry with Maine. You play them every single November.
2: <laughs> I'd be all about it. I mean, maybe once every ten years we go there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then instead of serving, uh, you know, corny dogs like you do at the fair, that's the that's the day of the year that we all eat lobster before the
2: lobster game. Rolls, <laughs> lobster, lobster rolls, baby. Lobster rolls outside. and football. I'm all about it, man. Which, By
1: the way, Texas fans are excited about the whole uh, corny dog The Fletcher's Corny Dogs coming to uh, DKR this Saturday. See, like, to me, it may sound good in theory. Because I absolutely partake in at least one Corny Dog the second Saturday in October. But outside that, man, you won't see me... Like, Corn Dogs aren't really in the uh, rotation for me throughout the year. I kind of leave the Corn Dogs to the second Saturday in October. That's what it's there for. And I kind of like to leave it there, you know. So it might sound good in theory to Texas fans of, hey, any home game this year, you can get you a Fletcher's corny dog. But that's kind of like OU Texas tradition for me. I'm not eating corn dogs a lot throughout the year. That's kind of like the one weekend though, or the one day that I will.
2: Yeah, I think if you, I think if we were to chart out my corn dog consumption, I think a very large percentage would be on that date, uh, and not much outside of it. I think maybe like the fair. Or like maybe Oktoberfest, something like that. But definitely not. Like, Quick Trip just came out with corn dogs on their roller grills. Haven't had one yet. Don't plan to. (laughs) Like it's just it's just not an everyday uh, everyday thing for me. Unless they're selling
1: wax cut beer in there as well, I'm probably not going (laughs) in there to get one.
2: If if they are, now we're talking. I
1: just feel unbalanced, hand, uh, you know, doing the uh, corny dog thing without a wax cut beer in the other hand. It's it's a right.
2: doesn't doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right.
1: Uh, mustard, plain mustard and ketchup. I'm a must- ketchup? I'm mustard, a mustard only. guy.
2: I'm a I'm a mustard only guy. Ketchup, I put ketchup on very little, very very little. It is not a preferred condiment of mine.
1: Yeah, I'm going uh I'm going mustard only on the really one time I have a corn dog throughout the year and it's at the Texas State Fair.
2: Yeah, if you got like a guess- spicy mustard, like I'll take that. They yeah, don't they spicy. have
1: don't they have um like jalapeno flavor like jalapeno corny dogs? I, I think they have a lot of different it's not just the standard corny dog anymore. Right. They have a whole lot of different versions now, which I'll just I'll just stick with the OG. Topher B. from OKC says, Maine will become our new Oklahoma State. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. Well, how old is their coach? Is he 40 yet? Because we, we, we can you have You know him. what?
1: You really uh, propped up my college football knowledge earlier, and I appreciate that. I don't know who Maine's coach is.
2: Ah, jeez. I know.
1: You're not, losing it. Not you're, ready you're for the off. season. Not ready for the season. 199 days till we kick this thing off. What am I doing with my time right now? Um, Christie says it's just like a politician's town hall talk. A lot of words being spoken, but nothing of substance.
2: That's a I mean, good way to put it not wrong because that's, it's kind of what he is, right? I mean, that's what a lot of athletic directors and presidents and whatnot. I mean, some are quite literally politicians in Dave Boren's, uh, case, but they are, they're, they're, they're politicians. Uh, at least they share a lot of the, uh, you know, similar traits to them. But, yeah, that's what I just found interesting And in a, oh, that's the goal. We're looking at this. We we will look at this. Like, bro, are you going to do anything? Come on now.
1: Yeah, but let, let me hold a town hall meeting. Yeah, the goal is to never have to play those idiots in Missouri ever in the SEC. No, <laughs> so at this point, I'd like to just play them once, beat them, and then just get on, you know, just move on with life. A,
2: a Tyler town hall. Oh, That'd be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, be uh, basically talking trash on everyone in the SEC. That's what it would be. <laughs> only mustard for corny dogs, says the real Brad Shoe. Four oh five says mustard is the only move unless you're five.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's and uh, in, in ketchup. Like I said, it's a little too sweet. It's it's basically tomato and sugar. It feels like I don't know. N- not a fan. I would rather go some buffalo sauce did catch it. Or
1: just dunk it in the wax cup beer. Whatever. Hey yeah. there you go. It's kinda what ends up happening every single year for me anyway. Go, it's
2: like that's like a that's like a, a, a an alternate reality version of Joey Chestnut.
1: Yeah, show us that hot dog eating competition on July 4th, please. Then we'll see who the real men are.
2: Soaking the buns. Yeah, Yeah. I just just soaked the corn dog there in the beer and tossed it back. Joey
1: Chestnut's hammered after 38 hot dogs and he can't stand. Yeah. Let's see you take down your old record then, huh? 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit more college football next right here on The Ref.
0: Bleed Crimson. Love great sooner. Injured in shooting
1: at the Union Station rally. I, I just don't I don't think I've ever seen ESPN before just say, we're going to send it to a town's local ABC affiliate and let them tell the story. It's kind of wild.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think if I'd ever seen that before. I'm, I can't think of any other bit of news that would have been broadcasted like that. I mean, I imagine like the O.J. chase or something like that, but I mean, I'm I'm trying to think. No, I don't. I don't have any of it, but I did see some footage of a, a couple guys tackling the yes. shooter, I believe.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Shout outs to those guys. Yeah, that's a that's, uh, that's some hero stuff and right there. And that there was,
1: it, it was it uh, someone was able to get that on 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 video,
2: you know? Right. I
1: mean, with so many people out there, they were able to, and maybe shots were fired and a camera was nearby and the camera naturally goes to where the shots were coming from and they captured that but I mean it was bad enough as is but yeah apparently you had one person more than one person tackle the shooter
2: well and you've got so many cameras there really at any event but especially at a championship parade people taking photos videos you know companies there production companies content all that like I'm sure that there's a good amount of it that got on video that we'll be seeing come out over the next couple of uh, days. But, yeah, the, the fact that somebody got the shooter on video being tackled, I mean, and tackled, gang tackled, there was one guy that tackled and then the other buddy of his jumped on top of him. Yeah, they weren't taking any chances.
1: Happy Valentine's Day to all of you out there. Travis, it's also National Football Hangover Day. Do you have a hangover for the uh, long from the long football season? I guess this is a thing.
2: Well, I mean if if I do, then my hair of the dog is going to be one <laughs> Coach Bob Stoops. Yes. We've got football on tap, baby. Football's on the way. I promise you. Yep,
1: yeah, the uh the champ from the XFL and what the uh the UFL uh from last year, Bob Stoops, they'll be playing in that uh, big, big game in week 1, but Yes, Bob Stoops and the Renegades, the defending champs, returning to action soon. But National Football Hangover Day, I guess that's a thing. But it is Valentine's Day, and we asked on Twitter and Facebook today on our ref pages, text line, you can interact with this. It's Valentine's Day. OU fans, give us one thing you love about the upcoming move to the SEC. Uh, This response from at Nashville Sooner says, Better competition and better road games. Drew Allison says seeing new teams come the Norman. Tammy Wampler says showing the world that OU can compete in the SEC and seeing the growth that will come to our team by playing against elite teams that push them to the best. David Vineyard just sends a gif of a guy laying on a money pile. <laughs> Heisman QB says bigger venues to host OU teams. Uh, Cherokee Sooner says not having to deal with Tiny 12 officials. Cool MoJ proving we deserve to be there. And James says, hopefully less big noon kickoffs. So kickoff time, better games, and no Big 12 refs for the most part is what we're getting. Excited about the SEC move.
2: Yeah, those are good answers. I like, if if I had to pick one thing that I'm most excited about, it's probably road games. Like really cool road games and kind of, kind of some consistency in road games right because you know you've got look at look at big 12 basketball I, I i i forget who it is but they travel to west virginia and then to byu in like a 4 day span like that's that's ridiculous yeah like part part of you know the the conference idea is a bit of regionality that's why they're named after regions for the most part and, you know, the Big Ten's getting away from that. The Big 12's getting away from that. Like, really. The ACC,
1: man, they got two California schools and a Dallas school in the right. SEC now.
2: Right, exactly. So the SEC is really the only regionalized yep. conference, which is kind of interesting, right, Tyler? Because you don't, you know, you, you with the SEC kind of having their pick of schools they want to bring in. I like that they just happen to bring in two schools that fit their footprint really well. And everybody else is just like, oh, we're grabbing big schools now? Cool, let me just grab whoever. And throw travel costs and time changes and regionality to the wind. SEC retained it. And it's better than the Big 12s.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the SEC absolutely has the most regional presence of any conference. And I think it'll probably always be that like, that way. Now, you can't, I mean, I guess you can But most places, you're still going to be able to drive for OU fans in the SEC, right? I mean, heck, think of a year, Travis, where you play at Arkansas and play Texas and Dallas. There there will be a year like that, multiple years like that. It's about, I don't know, three and a half hours to Dallas and three and a half hours to Fayetteville, basically. So you you still have a couple of destinations on the schedule that you can get to in less than four and a half hours. So I don't, I don't know if you would call OU an outpost in this conference, but there's, even for OU, like Fayetteville's not a long drive. Of course, Dallas is not a long drive. Heck, man, like College Station isn't even that bad of a drive either.
2: Yeah, the problem with going that far into Texas is it feels like when you're trying to leave Texas, you can't get out of the place. Like, you're driving back, and it feels like those horror movies... Were those dreams of like a person running and like all the hands are reaching out and grabbing Jeez. them and pulling them back in? That's what the state of Texas does. I have, to you. I have
1: visions of driving from Dallas to Houston while you say that.
2: Exactly, exactly. But here's the thing: I believe I think you were the one that did the mileage on it from Norman, but I'm pretty sure like Provo and Morgantown are farther than any SEC opponent.
1: Oh, I would, think, and I think yeah, we travel
2: would, less mileage. So especially considering going to Cincinnati, I, th- I think we travel less mileage in the 2024 season going to, quote-unquote, a different region uh, when it comes to conference than we did even in our own Big 12 slate in 2023.
1: Back, back to the whole uh, better home games, I, I do think that's going to happen. Like, not every single year will your home games be Bama, Georgia, you know. I mean, But you're, it feels like you're at least going to have two really good home games every single year. It, could this potentially be like the golden era of home games for OU football? And, and clearly, like, it, it'll feel better if you're actually winning those games. But for a while now, it's like, oh, gosh, I hope we have a cool non-conference opponent in here. Otherwise, the home schedule's going to suck. Back in the day, you did get to play Nebraska every other year at home. But you were never really playing Texas at home in any of our lifetimes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it feels right. like the next 10 years or however long could be like the, the best run of home games that we've seen uh, around here maybe ever, potentially.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that because, as you said, your biggest rival really, you're playing in neutral. So, and you don't have the, the history that that stacks up like the SEC. I mean, when you start doing old school videos of a lot of these programs, like Florida's got some, you know, some incredible stuff. Even Auburn and those are teams that might stink next year. I I do think Florida's going to stink. Like you've got a lot of teams with good history. If you were just to take the three worst three worst games or three worst SEC programs and have them at Owen Field and say you do four of them Say you get Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Missouri, and what do you th- what do you think the other maybe, one would be? Maybe
1: Florida or Arkansas would be the right one of the one of the, one of the other. And one. It,
2: and that slate would be better than most years in the Big Twelve, right?
1: Yes, It would be better than last year's home slate for sure.
2: Yeah. So and 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 Tyler, when it hasn't been better than the Big Twelve home slate. Or the at least the years that we've been in the Big Twelve, it's because of a marquee non-conference opponent. It's because you've got Ohio State coming to town. You've got Miami, Tennessee. You've got Notre Dame. You like that's where you're like, oh man, the home schedule's good this year, dude. You a Nebraska
1: never... team that we knew was going to win about four games that year, we we're super jacked up about that one.
2: Oh, Nebraska's coming to right. town, sweets. <laughs> right. So that's the thing. Any any season in recent memory Tyler that we've looked at an OU home schedule and said oh man this is a good home slate this year it's been because there's been a big non-conference game yep now you can say that every single year because again it's not ever going to happen where you get the three or four worst teams in the SEC to come to Norman you're guaranteed to have at least one or two just bangers like either Alabama Georgia Florida Tennessee, um, LSU, like you're gonna have some some awesome fan bases and awesome traditions coming into town multiple times a year. And then guess what? You have Michigan in the non-con. Mm-hmm. Like so, you still get to stack up some of those good home schedules with some elite non-con. But it's just it, you get to enjoy it all year. You don't just you're not ending up playing a you know a 500 West Virginia. Team with two weeks to go, or something like that. At 11
1: a.m. Like yeah. Better game, right. and better kickoff times as well. Not having to wake up so early to get drunk before the game, says a texture in the 405, what they love most about the future SEC move. Mike from, Ard- uh, Mike from Ardmore says no stool water. 580, I, for one, am looking forward to the trip to Baton Rouge next Thanksgiving. And then Slim Brady lets us know that he drives three hours to Norman every home game. Gee, nice. Slim Brady, where are you coming from, man?
2: That's nice. Great. I love the well, dedication, it, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it depends on how those three hours are. If it's three hours through traffic, I couldn't do it. Like, that, that's one thing. I would rather drive a longer distance if it means I can actually be driving. That's why I try and avoid Dallas and Houston as much as I can.
1: 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit the big stories in college football. Coming up next right here on The Ref.
2: The home
0: of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre and post game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where die hard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six function multi pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck.
1: Join us as our high school performers in the celebration that is Fiddler on the Roof. March 1st through 3rd. For tickets, visit Soonertheater.org or call 405 321 9600. the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I've been uh, laughing for a few minutes after I found this uh, Alamo Bowl story and what they're trying to get for the next two years for their bowl game down in San Antonio. Because I get like, if you think about it, the Pac-12 is kind of nothing now outside of Oregon State and Washington State. Well, the Pac-12 had all these bowl ties, so what's going to happen with the, all these bowl games? It sounds like some of the old Pac-12 teams that are now moving to other conferences may still play in some of those bowls at the end of the year. Now, that could create an interesting scenario for the Alamo Bowl, which features a Pac-12 versus Big 12 matchup, and some of those Pac-12 teams are obviously heading into the Big 12. The Alamo Bowl is trying to trying to make it to where they can still select OU and Texas for the next two seasons.
2: And is, is there a bigger <laughs> indictment? Because people can talk about the money, right? They're like, Oh, the SEC is getting more money. And you know, fans can say, well, you know, that's not that big of a deal. It's not like you guys get it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, sure. I don't have a joint check account with, uh, with OU. I get that. But is there a larger indictment that exists, Tyler? When a bowl Still wants to be able to pick the two teams that left because the remaining teams don't matter. Like it, like that's that is one of the most insulting things to the remaining Big Twelve that I can even think that of, of, of possibly happening.
1: Yeah, Brett Yormark, I know, I hear you. You're excited about your new league. You're more than twelve, isn't that? You've always been more than twelve, isn't that your new slogan? You're going to do all these different things, but. Yeah, for the next two years, we'd still like to be able to select Oklahoma and Texas if they're if they're available. Obviously, the Big 12 and the SEC are saying no to this. Like, this isn't going to happen, and it won't happen. But it's, like you said, quite the statement. Well, hold on here. I, all these new teams, but just... Can we still take OU and Texas, please? Please?
2: That's like... That's like... That's like telling your... You know your new girlfriend that you want to uh, spend Valentine's Day with your ex, like have mm. that option still open for the
1: next two years. Can I select my ex girlfriend like, for my Valentine's yeah, just, Day, please?
2: Just my ex. You know, we had a little more fun with them. Like I don't know. I just, just you know, they, they they went on to bigger and better things. But you know, I'm gonna see if they're if Tyler if they're willing to take me on Valentine's Day. You know, what I mean? like like that's what it feels like. It's like It's it's the most insulting thing I can think of because even when you look at like last year OU got picked above like OSU for the Alamo Bowl by I think a couple bowls technically but it was like when it's when it's it within the conference it makes sense people are like oh bigger brand you know storylines whatever it is what it is but when you've got bowls that aren't affiliated with that conference anymore and they still are begging them not to go say oh man can we can we still you know, can we still have, you know, shared rights to you guys? How embarrassing for Brent Yormark. And, Tyler, if anything is embarrassing for Brent Yormark, I'm all in.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the way Texas booed him after they won the Big 12 championship game was, was actually kind of awesome. Do you remember that? They oh, yeah. Booing at it's him, all love. the SEC and all that, and he had to stop, like, two times. during. said his, it's all love. Yeah, he had to stop, like, twice during his – Trophy presentation because the Texas fans are booing him so loud and chanting SEC. Unbelievable. Um, I I haven't talked to you this week. Um, What did you think of the UCLA hire that happened on Monday? Got to be honest. I didn't know who their new head coach was when they announced the hire.
2: Yeah, me neither. Um, And that's what, again, back to you. If you don't know. How on earth am I going to know, Tyler?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully it works out for him. But the but it's, uh, the, the collective situation at UCLA, mm, not great. Not but great. it's
2: that's what's tough, right? Because you don't really – like if you're UCLA and your coach just left you for a coordinator spot, like how are you attracting – like how good of a job is it? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're going to have to travel like crazy being part of the new Big Ten. You get less attention in L.A., And the team you get less attention than finish sixth in the Pac twelve. Like, it's tough to recruit there. Like, I don't I don't know, man. I I I think they did as good a job as they could, and who knows, maybe Deshaun Foster is the next Nick Saban. We'll never know. But if he is, we will not find out about it at UCLA. I'll put it that way.
1: Brett McMurphy of the Action Network has college football playoff and bowl projections. Never too early projections, yes. all right? Let's see what he's got in the playoff this year. Okay, first round games is four buys.
2: Wait, can I guess?
1: Hold on, let me see here exactly who he's got. Uh yeah, 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 go ahead. Okay, I got it. I'll, I'll guess
2: the top 4 seeds. All right. In no particular order, Georgia, Ohio State, Texas,
1: well, I Georgia, don't, Georgia, and Texas, Oregon. Texas can't be – remember, the four highest teams will be four conference champs.
2: Oh, right. So,
1: it will, like, in the four, you won't have two teams from the Ge- same conference.
2: Okay. Well, it'll be – man, Georgia uh, – You had Ohio
1: State it? correct. Georgia and Ohio State were right, one and two.
2: Oregon's got – well, obviously, they're part of the Big Ten now. Man, uh, ACC and Big
1: Twelve champ. Uh, Florida, Florida State, State is at three, and then who's the Big Twelve champ?
2: That's the. That's why I was. Ugh. I mean, are they taking Arizona? Taking
1: Utah as the four seed with Cam uh, Rising. that makes sense. So Texas is the five. Oregon is the six. Notre Dame is the seven. Mid Zoo is the eight. Penn ugh. State at the nine. Bama at the ten. Michigan at eleven. And then Boise State will play at Texas in the uh, first game in Austin is what the Action Network has. OU not making the playoff and playing in the ReliaQuest Bowl against those exciting Iowa Hawkeyes. OU and Iowa in the ReliaQuest Bowl. The Bob Stoops Bowl. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. There's not going to be expanded playoff whatever. There's not going to be anyone nationally, at least I don't think, that picks OU to make the playoff this year. I mean, there, I, okay, there might be someone, but I you're not going to see a lot of projections roll
2: in for OU to make the 12-team playoff this year. I, I agree. I agree, and a lot of it, you know, we've earned it. You know, you can't lose to Oklahoma State and Kansas and then go into the SEC and expect people to be patting you on the back. But you win 10 games, you beat Texas, you know, you're on the right trajectory. You've recruited in the top 10 three years in a row, both in the portal and uh, in the high school ranks. Year three of Brent Venable's defense is always his best, or at least whenever they arrive. Maybe not his best, but whenever they take the biggest jump. You return multiple All-Americans, All-Conference player, and Ethan Downs, back-to-back All-Conference player. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to earn any... Benefit of the doubt. I'll put it that way.
1: ReliaQuest Bowl is uh, because we got new bowl games uh, now as well. Uh, hopefully, you're just making the playoff every single year, and you don't have to worry about that as much. The Quest Bowl is played in Tampa, uh, where, where the Outback Bowl has has always been played.
2: Where the Where Baker Mayfield plays. Where Baker
1: bowl. Mayfield plays. Franchise Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise quarterback Baker Mayfield plays at Raymond James Stadium. Pro bowl. bowl. Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl franchise quarterback. Pro Bowl offensive MVP. Franchise quarterback Baker Reagan, Mayfield.
2: It's gonna it's gonna sound like Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, seriously. All, all of his titles. <laughs> all, all of his titles before you say his actual name. Uh, Two
1: time uh, NFL playoff winner. Throw that one in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm
2: games. telling you, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna sign him to a big deal.
1: They uh, they better man. He had a uh, he had one heck of a year, and there was a anytime you hear Baker Mayfield and Hot Mike. I, I tend to get nervous. Baker did have a hot mic moment last week. I think it was with Steve Young, but he's saying, basically, saying that he's going to be back in Tampa, and they're going to do everything they can to to get some of those weapons back.
2: Right, and didn't he tell? I forgot who he told on uh, on an interview. He said there's there will be some sacrifices being made. Yes, right. Like yeah. so, it sounds like these talks are pretty advanced, Tyler. That's
1: what it sounds like to me. All right, we'll close up hour number two of the rush. Coming up next, keep it locked on the
0: ref. The home of sooner fans. Home for sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre and post game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where die hard sooner fans listen. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine. The-
1: Love, 21, laughter 21. and join us as our high school performers in the celebration that is Fiddler on the Roof. March 1st through 3rd for tickets visit org or call 405-321-9600. 21. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Doug from Norman does not like the way that we're talking about Baker Mayfield. Pro Bowl offensive MVP, franchise quarterback, two-time playoff game winner, Baker Mayfield of the Tampa Bay Bucs. Doug and Norman says, flag football MVP. Yeah, Baker, and he was an injury replacement, not a Pro Bowl pick. Flag football uh, MVP. Dude, that's where the league's going anyway. It basically is flag football compared to what it was thirty years ago.
2: <clears throat> Tyler, um so he wasn't a Pro Bowl pick. And so how did he get there? Yeah. I How did he get there? did you get something in the mail asking you to be quarterback for the NFC?
1: Over Dak I did, yeah. But the only one.
2: Yeah, that's true. Look, if you play in the Pro Bowl, you are a Pro Bowler. That's that's at least in my book, you know, down the road, whenever uh, you know, people ask whether or not Baker Mayfield made a pro bowl, there are going to be pictures and videos and who knows what of Baker Mayfield lifting the offensive MVP trophy, saying, "Hey, must have been, must have been a pro bowler."
1: How about a uh, How about Ohio State's AD like 2 weeks on the job already firing someone on campus? Jeez. Just fired hey. the basketball coach today uh 14 and 11, 4 and 10 in conference play fired mid-seasons like all right, I just take the job, now I'm going to fire someone to show everyone that I mean business here.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess he's cho- he's uh, picked his way that he wants to rule. The thing is it's interesting cuz he's going to have to obviously now hire a basketball coach. He'll be judged on that hire. It's his first hire. And Ohio State with having a, another blue blood program on campus in Ohio State football doesn't maybe get the support that Ohio State football does, so it'll be interesting to see who he can get and how successful they'll be because it will always be tied to him as his first hire at the school
1: i'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna guess he's gonna be mostly judged on uh when or if he fires Ryan Day and what's after that but yeah, he just hopped on the job 2 weeks ago and he's already firing someone. Maybe it's a message to Ryan Day. You see what I do to people who lose? Yeah, They're not losing to Michigan this year.
2: Is he is he is he putting his head on a pike outside of Ryan Day's office?
1: <laughs> it's like you in a movie where you shoot the innocent guy to prove a point to someone else. It's like <laughs> what happened here.
2: <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know? It's a cutthroat business A lot of money involved
1: Dude, this guy loves him some buyouts though Ross Bjork, they paid uh, Jimbo <laughs> all that money at AM. Now they got to pay a basketball coach at Ohio State $12.8 million Yeah, 12.8 really
2: Yeah, jeez. Yeah, Bjork, uh, old buyout Bjork That's what they ought to call him
1: uh, Great comparison for the two four zero in Maryland That AD firing is like the first day of prison Pick a big guy and beat the crap out of him with the chair <laughs> yeah, and point at Ryan Day. After you're next,
0: you're that's
2: next. That's great. That's great. Hey, he's not going to get pushed around up there. But it is, it is interesting. Show up, fire somebody at one of the major sports in the middle of the season. <laughs> Oof, that's rough.
1: I mean, you'll see mid mid season college basketball fire. It's way more common in college football now than it is in the or in the uh, in college basketball.
2: Do you think that he hinted at it when he met him? Like, hey, Probably. just want to, you know, just want to introduce myself. I'm the basketball coach here. Glad to have you as athletic you know, director. Yeah, about that.
1: Find something that costs 12.8 million. Just go ahead and find <laughs> something. Final hours next.
0: You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
2: Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of.